Future Now Media Podcast, where we believe a future now is a future one. I'm your host, Peggy Kim, and I'm the founder and president of the Future Now Media Foundation, which is a nonprofit leadership incubator for the media and entertainment industry. In this podcast series, we'll be talking to some of today's top industry leaders, executives, and professionals. We'll also hear about their personal and professional career journeys, what makes them tick, how they got to where they are today, and what they've learned along the way. And we'll also share some of the best content from our Future Now live events. Sometimes it's really helpful to hear from people who are a little further along in their journeys, who might be just a few years ahead and can more easily relate. To that end, today's episode features a panel of early career professionals who are working in a variety of different roles in media. Recorded at the 2019 Future Now Media and Entertainment Conference, the speakers include Kim Patel, Director of Global Corporate Strategy at Vice Media, Annie Yu, Chief of Staff and Head of Operations and Revenue at Vox Media, Maya Hawkins-Nelson, Product Marketing Specialist at Spectrum Reach, and Christian Ortega, Associate Account Executive at 20th Television. Moderated by Neil Braun, who is the Dean at the Lubin School of Business at Pace University, this Millennial Perspectives panel discusses how they got started in the business, how they learned to network, and what they wish they knew when they were still in college. They also share about some of the worst mistakes they've made in their careers so far and what they've learned from it. Take a listen. So our panelists, we have a group of millennials uh, actively engaged in the business right now. We're coming to share their their stories with you. Uh, First, I'd like uh, Kim Patel to come out. She's the Director of Global Corporate Strategy for Vice Media, um, which is very cool. Our next panelist is Annie Hugh. She's the Chief of Staff and Head of Operations and Revenue for Vox Media. Uh, Maya Hawkins-Nelson is the Product Marketing Specialist for Spectrum Reach. And Christian Ortega is an Associate Account Executive at 20th Television, which is now part of Disney. Come on out. So thank you all for being here. Um, Let's just start at the beginning. Um, I mean, uh, these are college students. They're thinking about how do I get into this business? It's the question that gets most often asked in my office, frankly. Um, How'd you all get into this business? You want to start, Kim? Uh, Yeah, sure. Can everyone hear me okay? Hi, everyone. Um, So I actually started out as a history and politics major for at NYU undergrad. Um, Had no idea I wanted to go into media, but I'd always been a news and politics junkie, which is why I majored in it. Um, I ended up actually going into investment banking as my first career, but I just really wanted to go into tech and media, like covering those types of companies. And I used that to pivot to my first job at NBC. So... um, it made a lot of sense, I think, for me. I had a passion for news in general. It's kind of why I work at Vice now. Uh, and that's kind of carried me through. Yeah, I would say for me, it, it's two things. Number one, pure hustle. And number two, don't be afraid to try new things. My degree is in public relations, organizational communication, and psychology. So I sort of fell into media by accident. But I really love the space, being able to spotlight stories and give a perspective to things that are underserved. Um, my first internship, I applied to probably over 80 things and heard back from a couple. And then my first job out of college, I applied to 
probably about 80 jobs and didn't end up getting a job at any of them. Ended up getting a job through a connection, but that's sort of what I mean by pure hustle. Do a lot of work, do as many things as you can, and don't be afraid to try new things because you never know what you're going to like until you try it. I also fell into media and advertising. Um, I graduated from Williams College with a degree in political science and Spanish. Um, and I thought I wanted to be a diplomat until my junior year of college. And my friend said, hey, um, have you tried advertising? So I uh, got an internship. And I ended up actually going back to intern for them over my spring break my senior year. And luckily got hired for a job after I graduated. So that's how I ended up in advertising. And now I'm in uh, uh, the marketing and ad sales space. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, I think Annie hit it right on the, on the mark with pure hustle. That's for all the aspiring marketers in the room. Uh, you're gonna be prepared to eat a slice of humble pie and know that that first job, it's, it's not gonna be 100K. It's probably gonna be a lot less, but um, you'll be well on your way there, I promise you. Uh, how I got into this industry, first of all, I didn't even know what ad sales was until after I graduated. I had a internship with the T. Hara Foundation uh, and doing my second round at Viacom. I was actually sitting within uh, my adjunct professor from Baruch College who uh, worked at Viacom and is currently a, a VP at Xander Media and kind of told me um, that it is a profession where you're basically negotiating media budgets, you know, leveraging your soft skills, doing a little bit of math because you know I like working with numbers and entertaining clients, taking them out on the company's dime. So I'm like, sign me up. That's exactly what I want to do. Um, you know, little did I know that it takes much more than that. Uh, you know, you have to be uh, very in tune with what's going on in industry, what technologies are emerging, uh, how advertisers are trying to reach their audiences, and you know. There is an adult moment in media. It's just changing so fast. So I guess my piece of advice to, you know, obviously you've heard get internships, but just kind of stay informed because that'll give you the, the greatest leverage whenever you have a conversation with a professional. Um, and it, kinda, it will help guide you to what you ultimately would like to do. So let, let me pick up on that. So I, I sat in on several of the panels this morning, so I know you've heard a lot about networking and internships, and I think you probably all get why that's important. So as people who've more recently than the panelists most of the morning have, uh, uh, were at that stage of career, is there something, one pithy thing, one important thing you learned about networking or internships? What's the most important piece of information you would pass on about networking or internships? I would say don't undervalue yourself. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is that you never know how you can ever help someone ever in life. Um, you don't know, every person is a unique individual and every person has something to offer. I fundamentally believe that. And what I've learned throughout my career when I was interning in college and, and, after, and trying to figure out what I wanted to do do and moving into a new industry, I just tried to meet as many people as possible and did it in a very authentic way. Like I wasn't trying, I never had an objective where I was like, oh, I'm going to get a job from that person. It was more like that person seems like really successful. They seem like someone I could learn from. I just want to talk to them. And I think that if you approach things in that way, then it, it's, it's, it takes the pressure off. It's less stressful. And it also makes you come off as a person that that person will get want to get to know. So I think definitely remember that you have to be yourself. Like be authentic. Um, don't be a user. Nobody likes those. Um, so you definitely remember that. 
Yeah, I would also say to know yourself really well and what you like. Uh, we just we have a couple interns starting on Monday at Vox Media, and I did the screening process for them. And so I tried to have a very fair process. I wanted to make sure I looked at every application. We got over 300 applications, and I ended up looking at 200, <laughs> so I didn't get to all of it. But of the 200, I probably talked to um, about 50, which is a good amount. And so the phone conversations that didn't go well were if they had a good resume, but they didn't know what they wanted to do, or they seemed like they were interested in too many things. Then for that, I'm like, okay, well, you you like so many things. I honestly don't know if we give you this one job here, if you're going to like it. And so to do them justice, I was like, I'm going to set you free. You're going to do all these things you like, and we just have a little bit more of a structured program. And for the candidates I spoke to who had a very strong point of view about things they were interested in, things they wanted to explore, and passions they wanted to pursue, even if it's something like, hey, I really want to learn about advertising. I, I learned this thing in my class and I want to pursue it more. Or I've done a couple of team projects and I really like group work and I think I'm interested in advertising. So find something you feel really strongly about that you can identify with and feel really passionate about it whenever you're talking to someone in an interview process or while you're networking. That's great advice, Annie. Um, I actually just want to echo what um, Kim said and uh, say it's so important to authentically connect with people. I would say to add on to that, a lot of people I think forget about their alumni networks and um, that was one of the biggest things for me that helped me actually get both of the jobs that I've had so far. Um, my initial uh, internship, I didn't say this, but the CEO is actually an alum at my school. Um, and I was able to chat with her and hear about it and gone into their internship program. Um, not because of that, I also did a ton of work, to be clear. Um, but then also for my second job, the my, bo my direct boss's boss was also a Williams alum, and it turned out we'd actually met at, um, at a, an event for my alumni association a few weeks before. So it was kind of just fate, but um, a lot of it too is connecting with people. And the other thing I would say, someone just said this at one of the mentor tables that you're sitting at was, don't be afraid to ask anybody for anything. And I mean that like on LinkedIn, for example, um, a quick little story, my mom heard someone who was on uh, this podcast called The Moth, and she was telling her story about um, how she, you know, was looking to do something different, and I really identified with her. My mom said, hey, you should you should follow up with this person. I heard about her, and she was like, look her up on LinkedIn, and I was like, okay, mom, whatever, and I reached out to her, and it was one of the most fruitful conversations I've ever had about my career. She lived in Denver. She didn't do the same thing that I did, but she still gave me a ton of really great learnings from her, her career path. So I would say feel free to reach out to people even if you don't really know them because they might just say no, and that would be the worst thing that happened. Or they might say yes, and it might be the best thing. Christian, do you have something specific you want to add, or should we start with you on the next question? Um, no, go on to the next question. Okay. I, I would say, sorry, if there's one thing I can add, not just external networking, but internal networking, don't be afraid to ask people on other teams wherever you end up to go for coffees. My role right now as chief of staff, I didn't come into Vox Media doing this role. I met a couple of people internally, made sure that they knew the work I was doing, and then the executive asked me to step into this role. And that's by not just external hustling, but also internal hustling. I just yeah, wanted to, I just wanted to, other. oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, don't forget that you have each other, too, like, to learn from each other. My friends helped me get half my internships in college, so. Uh, yes, and just want to add one thing. A lot of companies has, have incentives for their employees to bring on external employees, and they get bonuses, so 
if you're hustling and you're doing the right things, they'll be more inclined to kind of refer you. Just saying. So I'd like to flip it a little bit and have you think about sort of the worst moments of your career. Um, the biggest challenges you faced, the most difficult people you faced, the biggest mistake you faced. Can you share something that's happened that's kind of shaken you a little bit and how you've navigated your way through that? My first media job was at NBC. I had left investment banking and stepped into this strategy and business development role and, at NBC. And my boss and I, after a few months, like we just didn't click, just didn't work. She was a nice woman. I thought I was a good person. I thought I was doing good work. Um, and uh, you know, she just was like, I need somebody more senior in this role. I don't have the time to teach you. So it was just a misalignment and, and we kind of agreed to separate ways. I was 24, so I would say that that was a very big life failure on my part. I felt very down. Um, but here's the thing, like things like that happen all the time. People just don't talk about them. Um, you can have, you could just not get along with a person or that your personalities just don't click. So I think what I learned from that was in the interview process, I didn't ask the right questions. When it came time at the end of the day to say, when she said, do you have any questions for me? I didn't ask the right ones. I didn't ask her if like she like like is willing to teach somebody who's on the younger side or if she is has the time to do that because had I asked that I would have known that this wouldn't have been the right role for me um so I will say yeah that's probably one of the low points of my career um a pretty low point in my career was that I was in a meeting once and that meeting actually caused me to go to therapy <laughs> and so um it was a meeting where I first started working with senior leadership and in media and especially you know we're at a future now conference we're talking about diversity in the media I was in a room with about 10 people there were some people of color but I was the only Asian person I was also one of the few females and I was also I think the shortest person and the youngest person like all these other things that made me feel really different and so I I was like, oh my goodness, how am I going to connect with these people? Why am I even here? Why did they invite me? Do I have anything to add? And it made me start questioning my self-worth, so hence therapy. Um, but what I've come to realize is that all these things that are different about us are actually assets. You have a different perspective, you have a different point of view, and you were invited to those conversations, and you should be joining those conversations and wiggling your way into them to share that differentness. It is an asset. People are craving it. If you weren't there, they would just keep talking about the same things they talked about if they have the same background. So definitely use it to your advantage because it is an advantage. Yeah, um, I would say one of the hardest moments in my career was um, a time when I was on a particular team at one of my at a previous job, and uh, the work was a lot. It was, and I don't mean like a lot, like we were working for every minute of the eight out to nine hours we were there. I mean, 17 hours a day for about five weeks and I was the only one putting in that time <laughs> in that my team wasn't really. Um, and in that moment, I think I realized that I really needed to manage up a little bit more, clarify um, what I needed from my team. I needed to, I ended up putting a list of all of the things that I was working on, pulling my boss side and saying, hey, you know, here are all the things that are going on. Can I get some support? Can I get some help? And learning to ask for that help. And then also um, in advertising, there are a lot of really young managers and there's not always a lot of training to prepare those people before they are managing a team or a person. So um, another thing I learned really early on was to manage up a lot. Um, if 
I wasn't getting what I needed from my managers, telling them exactly what I needed um, and being really upfront with that and really honest. Um, and then also managing my own career. I, it, you know, when I was at that point where I was working 17 hours a day for a very long time, um, at that point, you know, knowing when, you know, it's time to uh, find something else or switch teams or whatever, it's okay to then take control and say, hey, you know, this is not where I want to be right now, and being okay with that. Uh, I, I say probably one of the more tougher moments in my career was my transition into from Discovery Communications to 20th Television. I went from a very big company with a lot of structure, a lot of uh, help and managers, particularly to help the sales assistant kind of get acclimated to the system and the work processes to an organization that has a much smaller team, uh, less focus on structure and less focus on onboarding implementation. And those first three months were extremely difficult. I mean, I remember calling out one day just because I was too stressed out to even go to work. And I got called into the office and they're like, you know, you're not coming along as quickly as we expected you to be, you know, you, you know, we expect more, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, I, I knew I had to kind of put my head down and just really get to work. So I started changing my habits, you know, going to bed earlier. Uh, started changing my eating habits, eating better so I, I can have more energy. I started working out more and then I, 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 you know, heavily invested in myself and, you know, finding as much information, information and resources for personal development because I, I ultimately want to be the best I can be at all times. Uh, and, you know, from that, I guess, low point, you know, I, I then have become the, the main onboarding person. I'm the one training all the, all the new planners, all the new employees, getting them acclimated to the system, getting them to process. People come to me for answers because now my value has exceeded from what it was when it initially started. And, and I don't think anyone honestly remembers me at that point. Everybody just remembers me now. And um, one thing I did do, though, is I stay consistent with my attire. I know a lot of millennial, millennials like to dress a little bit more casual or it, depending on, on your profession, honestly, if you're more creative, you know, you can be more casual. But um, when you're in a sales, a sales profession and you're dealing with clients, uh, you know, I dress like this all the time. I'm always suited up and you know ready to be um, presented and speak to clients because at the end of the day, we're trying to get the dollars. Okay, so um, if you're interested in asking the panelists questions, please go to the two microphones. While we're waiting for people to come to the mics, I'll just ask you each to give your quickest, most important thing you wish somebody had told you at their stage at a when you were in college. I can start. Um, the first one, or the one, um, would be, you know, if you're going, when you're going for interviews, remember you're getting interviewed, but you're also interviewing them too. Um, make sure it's a good fit for the both of you because, you know, there's nothing worse than being in a job where you feel like, you know, you didn't get what you thought you wanted or whatever else. So ask all of the questions that you feel are going to be necessary. Don't be afraid to ask about what work-life balance is like. Don't be afraid to ask about what growth is going to look like. Don't be afraid to ask about whether or not your boss can be um, a good mentor because that's important. Um, so... Keep that in mind. 
Uh, I was going to say on the networking side, when you're asking people for coffee chats or to meet up with them or have a cold call, um, just be mindful that the minute you put the email or note out there, you are going to be judged, meaning I've gotten plenty of like last minute cancellations or no shows or like sloppily written emails. And I will tell you right now, I will not recommend any of those people for a job. It's just because I don't have the time to like feel bad about a snap judgment unfortunately. And that's the way a lot of professionals will think. And so unfortunately, you kind of have a shot there. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Yes. Did you want to say something? So I see somebody's for a question. Hi, my name is Gabrielle Chen. I'm a graduate of the University of Miami studying marketing and music business and entertainment industries. My question was somewhat going off of what Annie said in terms of internships. She mentioned how when someone has like too many interests, she'll tell them kind of like figure it out and set them free. But at the same time, I feel like we're always told try different internships to figure out what you want to do when you're landing that job or you're young. So try different jobs while you're young, try the different departments. And then from there, you know what you want your long-term career to more or less be, even though it's something that's always changing. So what advice would you give to someone who's not like sure of something definite that they want to do? I would say to cater the conversation to who you're talking to. If you're talking to podcasts, definitely say you're interested in podcasts and don't say you're interested in all these other 12 things. Maybe say like, I like these three things and podcasts I'm most interested in. Maybe you have another phone conversation later and it is a video company. So don't talk to the video person about podcasts. You can say, oh, you know what? Like I'm interested in podcasts and videos and written content, but I'm most interested in your company because X, Y, Z. So you can mention those other interests, but you should also focus the conversation so it doesn't seem like you're in so many places because then we'll be like, hey, we can hire her for the video role, but what if she gets bored and wants to move into podcasts? and we can't make that change. So have a focused conversation, um, but also cater it to who you're talking to. So I was just going to add, it's about your story, and your story can change. It can change depending on who you're talking to. My story changes all the time. So, um, and what I mean by that is, is that I have multiple interests outside of media. I also have multiple interests within media. I like film, I like TV, I like news, I like marketing, you know, and so I think that Sometimes you will be able to find a job that lets you cover all of those. It's one like strategy, like the one I have. But a lot of times when you're starting out, you want to show that you care about that company and you want to do research. I mean, you can find articles about any company these days on, it's Google, on Google. Everything is out there. So don't, don't be lazy about it, right? And then craft that into your story. Maybe one day you listen to a podcast and you liked it. And then you talk to the podcast company about the podcast you liked and why and how you want to see more podcasts like that out there. And you start the conversation. And that's what's important. What, what I tell students all the time is you have to tell the truth, but there's lots of ways to tell the truth and tell the one that's most advantageous for the moment. Okay. We have another question. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Kristen Day. I'm a rising junior studying marketing communications. Um, so we kind of talked about the hiring process a little bit, and I'm really interested to know. Um, I always hear about the interview process, like you're also interviewing the company. So they'll ask you, do you have any questions for them? So how do you kind of strike that balance between um, finding something that's the right fit for you, but also getting in where you can? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, first, I think it's about finding the right opportunities for yourself. You don't, I think some people have said, just take whatever you can previously. And I don't know if I agree with that, to be honest. Um, 
if you want to, if you know that your strengths are not in finance, for example, don't take a job in finance because guess what? When you get into the job, you're it's going to be really hard for you compared to something that you might be more suited to for, for you know, in your instance, communications and marketing. Um, so I think, but I think within that, there's a lot of opportunities. And I think within that, you know, you can find something and get in um, where you can, but just make sure, again, that you're going to have a boss that will, or at least system set up to help you um, learn on the job um, because you're really going to need that when you're first starting out. You can study... I feel like anything, I feel like all my friends who have studied marketing in this industry said they got into their first job and still had to learn a ton on their job, on the mm. job. It's not the same as studying it in school. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I would also add that, you know, it's an opportunity for you to turn the tables and put them in the hot seat, you know, uh, and interview them. You know, definitely ask them questions about their business. Mm. But, you know... Find out about the culture. See if the company and the department aligns with your values because if they don't, you're going to be miserable. And nobody wants to be miserable at work. So, I mean, sometimes you have to say no. Yeah. You know, and you have that right. Thank you. I agree. Yeah. Okay, over on the other side here, we have a question. Oh. Hi, my name is Adele, and um, I'm not a student. <laughs> so I've been in digital media for 10 years, um, and I was just invited to come. Uh, my question for you is not about internships or getting a job, but um, once you're in the job. So I read this article about millennials, and I wanted to hear your take on this in terms of management 1.0 uh, and management 2.0. So what this article was trying to say is that, um, like, the old school management is very hierarchical, and it's very outside in. It's like fall in line. Um, you know, like kind of do your reports, you said that you came from a very large company, which, ha which has like probably these traditional types of management. And what this article was saying is that millennials, being that you guys grew up with social media and, you know, at 14 years old, you could be an entrepreneur and be making like, four, you know, more than your parents um, and all of these things that the new management style that you guys are more like, you like flat management styles that um, it's more um, like about ideas, no matter where it's coming from. And I look at all you all, and um, you're not in management positions yet, I think, but being that, um, you know, maybe in your future, you will be a VP, or you will be in that position. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see how true this article was, and what your, how, what, what kind of management style do you think that you would have? And I'm really interested in hearing from you, because I'm, I'm a digital sales rep also. So. Oh, I mean, I, I'm mostly in television, but I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I think that, um, I mean, listen, I, I work with, with, with employees younger than I have, and I, I've seen clearly inappropriate behavior and, you know, lack of aptitude. So my management style is, one, is don't make anyone feel inferior. You want them to feel a part of the team. Two, you know... Um, Attitude reflects leadership. I know that's a remember the Titans quote, but I really do feel and truly believe that because if um, your credibility goes a long way, so you you can't uh, give them give your team task and expect them to and not be able to have any kind of context and knowledge uh, of how to actually do it and expect them to kind of figure it out on their own. You have to kind of provide some sort of guidance, but um, and also kind of lean. Now, don't micromanage because you have to kind of believe that they have some sort of integrity and uh, initiative to go ahead and do it themselves. Sorry, she's just rushing me. 
I, if I can add to that, I would say I don't think there is a difference. I do a lot of leadership training, which means I run these programs for all kinds of different leaders. I also run a team of my own, and I've had managers who are in other generations. I have managers who are millennials, and it just depends on someone's attitude, right? Are you willing to get along with someone who maybe is in a different age group than you? Are you willing to flex your style to work with someone who's different from you? And it's not just within generations. It could be different cultures, different communication styles, introverted, extroverted. So I wouldn't say it's more so generational. I would more so say it's like personality-wise. And are you flexible? Can you adapt to working with different people? Also, we are hiring. <laughs> so Adele, if you're looking for a job in digital ad sales, hit me up. We're definitely hiring, and I control headcount. So let's talk. I was just going to say about the hierarchical versus flat. So I have experienced both, and I'm currently in a more flat organization. Um, and it's got a double-edged sword. The double-edged sword is that there is no accountability. Um, and then I'm functioning without any direction. At the end of the day, like I may report to the C-suite um, person, but I am not the person that should be making the decisions. Um, and so that that tends to get very messy very quickly. And so I think I think you need a blend of the two, where it's there is a quality in terms of ideas being con contributions from the team. Everyone is you're working for the company, and so the company should be one team and should be separate teams within the company. I think that happens a lot, corporate politics. But um, and then if you're too structured, then you basically um, you know you squash any sort of innovation. So you need you kind of need a blend. Well, it looks like our time is up, so let's say thank you to the panel. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, you don't have to have everything figured out at the beginning of your career. You will make mistakes. Everyone does. The secret is to own up to our mistakes, face the music, learn from them, try not to repeat them, and keep it moving. And by the way, if you still don't know what you want to do with your life, it's okay. Explore different opportunities, learn as much as you can, and by a process of elimination, you will arrive at the place you are meant to be. And by the way, have fun on the journey, because it is a journey. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Future Now Media Podcast. I'm Peggy Kim. Be sure to subscribe to get first access to our upcoming episodes and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Until next time, remember, a future now is a future one.